Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Pope Francis made headlines this week with his decision to return to Greece fragments of the Parthenon sculptures that the Vatican has held in its museum. This, along with recent reports of negotiations between Greece and Britain over the return of the Parthenon sculptures, has once again put this issue in the spotlight. Angelos Kanyotis, a professor of ancient history and classics at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey, joins me to talk about the significance of this decision by Pope Francis, assess whether ongoing talks are moving the issue of the return of the Parthenon sculptures closer to the finish line, and look at what can be done to break the decades-long deadlock with the British Museum. Professor Kanyotis, great to have you back on The Greek Current. Great to talk to you. Professor Kanyotis, does Pope Francis's decision to donate the Parthenon sculptures turn up the pressure on the British Museum? It certainly increases the pressure. This is really a very important move for a variety of reasons. First of all, because it is the third time that a collection that has fragments from the Parthenon sculpture decides to contribute to the reunification of the Parthenon sculptures. The start was uh, with Heidelberg in 2006. When I was vice rector of the university, we donated to the Acropolis Museum a small fragment from a frieze. Then we had the case of Palermo, another fragment, and this is the third one. The other reason why this is very important, apart from the fact that it is the Pope, and of course it has a, a lot of impact because of the popularity of the Pope and the fact that he's very well known, so it will make headlines. The other reason is the way he decided to contribute to the reunification of the Parthenon sculptures. He did not return, he did not give, he did not give as a loan, he donated the fragment. And the donation is important because on the one hand, it saves the sponsor from accusations or doubts about the property of the item. And on the other hand, it is a final non-negotiable transfer of property from one owner to another. And uh, this is why this gesture by the Pope is so important, because it means that the fragment becomes property of the Museum of the Acropolis. It is a donation. It is not a loan. It is not an exchange. It is not a conditional transfer. It is a final, unconditional transfer of the fragment. The Pope's gesture, Professor, follows a similar move in January this year, and you alluded to it, when a fragment from the Parthenon was returned to Greece from Italy. Just today, in fact, Germany also announced it was returning over 20 Benin bronzes from its museums to Nigeria, and the British Museum also holds a number of those artifacts as well. Has the tide turned, would you say, when it comes to restitution of cultural property? Certainly, mainly because of the efforts of the UNESCO on this matter. There have been a lot of conferences, agreements, and so on. And, of course, the Benin sculptures, um, some of them are actually in Cleveland, so it's, they're scattered all over the world. It's not just the British Museum and Germany. It is an important issue, but one needs not to forget the differences between the individual cases of repatriation of cultural heritage monuments. The case of the Parthenon is unique because we are not dealing with individual artifacts. We are dealing with fragments of one single work of art. This is what makes the Parthenon case so different. We're not dealing, for instance, with things such as the head of Nefertiti or with a statue or a a group of statues and so on. We're dealing with fragments that belong to a work of art. So it is more about the reunification of a work of art which has a tremendous cultural importance, not just for Greece, but for the entire world.
All of these developments come amid reports that we've been seeing of negotiations between Greece and Britain for the returns of the Parthenon sculptures. Have these talks managed to move the issue closer to the finish line, or are they simply raising expectations? I think it's rather the latter. First of all, let me make clear that uh, negotiations between uh, the Greek part and the Brits, whether this is the British government or the British Museum, have been going on for 40 years. So this is not a new development. The new development is that the Greek prime minister has put all his weight on this issue the first time in an interview in August 2019, immediately after he became prime minister. He said in an interview that he will ask the then prime minister to give the Parthenon sculptures that are in the British Museum as a loan. And this was a tremendous mistake because you do not ask something that you claim that belongs to you as a loan. You either ask its return or you use another expression. Then things did continue, but I think that the Greek government has made a series of mistakes in the way that the matter was treated. And I think that the biggest mistake was to try to involve King Charles in this matter, because the Great Britain is not Saudi Arabia. It's not ruled by a monarch. No matter what Charles thinks about the Elgin marbles, there is no way that he might influence the British Museum trustees or the British government. And this is why I think that one needs to reconsider the way the Greeks have been dealing with this issue. Before we get into that, I want to take us to the British Museum. It's indicated this year that a deal could be struck. Given shifts in public opinion and the trends that we've discussed, is the British Museum eventually going to have to decide if it wants to play a constructive role in reuniting the Parthenon or carry on repeating What have become the same tired arguments? I think that you are right in your assessment that under the pressure, uh, the British Museum might change its attitude. But no matter what the pressure is, uh, one needs to take into consideration one very important issue for the British Museum, and this is the question of ownership and the questions of precedence. The British Museum cannot move its position if this raises questions about other collections, not just the Parthenon marbles, about collections that were acquired under similar conditions as the Elgin marbles. And this is the big concern of the British Museum. And I think that this concern is justified. And actually, I'm very much in favor of protecting the British Museum as such because its contribution to world culture is tremendous. As a matter of fact, I think that uh, at some point, the UNESCO should also be considering making some of the museums that have contributed to world culture, to world monuments themselves. So the British Museum should not be damaged by doing the right thing, which is the reunification of the Parthenon marbles. I think that the pressure is going to increase, precisely because of gestures such as the one by the Pope, but there are also other fragments of the Parthenon sculptures in Louvre, for instance, or in Munich. But the decisive turn is going to occur only when a solution is found to the question, how is the British Museum going to contribute to the reunification of the Parthenon sculptures? And as you see, I use the term reunification and not the term return, because the term return already implies that the British Museum is doing something illegal. And this is what the British Museum does not want to confess, for good reasons. Does this mean that, you know, bringing us back to the gesture by Pope Francis, that his decision to donate it could serve as an example for the British Museum? I think yes. This has always been my view, that there is only one way to solve the problem, both for the Greeks and for the Brits, 
And this is the donation. Apart from the fact that the act of donation means that the British Museum proceeds to this transfer of property as the owner of the Parthenon marbles, which means that it is freed from any suspicion about uh, the way the uh, Parthenon marbles were acquired. But it is also important for the Greeks, because we should understand that the Greek side cannot accept the Elgin marbles back to Greece under any conditions. The Greek state has signed agreements with the UNESCO. The Greek state needs to promote policies for cultural protection. And this is a moral obligation not to accept the Elgin marbles under conditions that undermine the international policies for the protection of cultural heritage. There are certain things that simply cannot be done. They are immoral. One cannot exchange, for instance, the British Museum sculptures with other items. This would be absolutely unacceptable. What is acceptable is a strategic cooperation with the British Museum after the British Museum proceeds to the donation of the Elgin marbles. And I said the donation is a solution that satisfies all sides. And it would boost the legacy of the British Museum long term as well. Oh, certainly. And it will also open the way for cooperations between the British Museum and the Greek government. This is what people who have been struggling for the reunification of the Parthenon sculptures have been saying, that if the British Museum does this, then the British Museum will have um, uh, a tremendous advantage. And also the visitors of the British Museum will have a tremendous advantage because the rooms where the Elgin marbles are now exhibited can be filled with temporary exhibitions of items from the Greek peripheral museums, the Museum of Thebes, the Museum of Patras, the Museum of Ioannina, the Museum of Lesbos, and so on. These are museums that have treasures. They are very well organized, but they are not visited by as many tourists as the Acropolis Museum or the National Museum or the Museum of Thessaloniki. And this would be both for the benefit of the British Museum, because it can offer its visitors something new every couple of years, And it is a tremendous advantage for Greek culture because it will be the best promotion of Greek culture to have it exhibited in the rooms of the British Museum. So how do we get to this point? You've written in the past about how we could do this. And I haven't changed my opinion. (laughs) And uh, the reason that I haven't changed my opinion is because I have seen that the strategies that have been followed by the Greek government have not been successful. One needs to understand also the psychology of the partner with whom one negotiates. The negotiations have either taken place between one government and another, and negotiating with the British government means that the British government is expected to patronize the British Museum. I don't think that the trustees of the British Museum would like to be patronized and to be put under pressure by the British government because they are independent institution. The second strategy was to have negotiations between a government and a museum, with a government representing an entire state putting all its weight on just an institution which is just a museum. It is natural that these kind of negotiations are not going to be very easy, precisely because the two partners are unequal. This is why the proposal that have been made, and on which a lot of people agree, is that this should be a matter of a committee of experts, international personalities that are familiar with the issue, and it should be a negotiation not between a government and another government or a government and a museum, it should be a negotiation between the Museum of Acropolis and the British Museum. And I think if you have negotiations between equal partners, things may move faster to the right direction. Professor Kanyotis, thanks for joining us again. Always great speaking with you. 
Thanks for having me. In other news, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said on Tuesday that revenues from Greece's all-important tourism industry will reach at least 18 billion euros this year, beating the government's initial estimates. The Greek economy is seen growing by 5.6% this year, powered by a strong rebound in tourism after it suffered heavy losses during the pandemic, domestic demand, and a spike in investments. Mitsotakis' statements follow a report in The Economist that ranked Greece as the top 2022 performer among 34 nations, with high growth, narrow inflation breadth, and a plunging debt to GDP ratio. The Economist noted, for the first time in a while, the economic party is happening in the Mediterranean. Finally, Turkey on Tuesday lashed out at Sweden's refusal to extradite a top journalist that Ankara has demanded in exchange for its ratification of Stockholm's NATO membership bid. The reaction came after Sweden's Supreme Court blocked the extradition of Bulent Kenez, a former editor-in-chief of the Zaman Daily, saying there was a risk of persecution based on the person's political views if he were returned to Turkey. Kenez is the only person Erdogan has identified by name among dozens of people Ankara wants extradited in exchange for approving Sweden's NATO bid. Following the decision, Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlut Cavusoglu said the ruling threatened Sweden's NATO bid, calling it a very negative development. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.